Hello, and welcome to the Complete Mathematics Podcast, Teaching Together. I'm Dave Taylor, and today I'm going to look at the objective called Draw Reflections of Ships Plotted on a Coordinate Grid Using the Axes of Mirror Lines. This objective is in Unit 6 of Stage 6 of the Complete Mathematics Curriculum. You can access this objective and the whole curriculum made up of over 1,800 objectives for free at CompleteMaths.com. We discussed this objective at our recent Planning Together session, and the reason that I chose this objective was that the success rate on Tutor is below 50%. Planning Together is a webinar that runs every other week during school time, aimed at giving teachers an opportunity to meet and discuss planning learning episodes, and you can sign up at the Complete Maths website. Before we get going with the podcast, head to CompleteMaths.com forward slash podcast, where you can download the slide deck of tasks from today's episode, and once you've got this, Let's dive into Teach, Do, Practice, Behave with Draw Reflections of Shapes Plotted on a Coordinate Grid Using the Axes of Mirror Lines. Before we teach people's a new idea, we must be sure that we're doing the right maths. If we're not and it's too easy, we run the risk of boredom, and if it's too hard, we run the risk of behaviour and motivation issues as pupils develop the idea that they're not a maths person and we know that this isn't the case. Everyone can learn maths well. We can check that we're doing the right maths by assessing prerequisite knowledge for the new mathematical idea. Now before teaching pupils to reflect in the axes on a coordinate grid, I'm expecting pupils to be able to reflect in a line drawn on a coordinate grid, which we've learned about in stage 5. Pupils have also covered the objectives titled Draw Reflections of Shapes in a Vertical or Horizontal Mirror Line and Recognise Reflection and Translation of Shapes, a recap, as objectives in the part of the unit that we're currently studying towards. Additional prerequisites might be that we want pupils to be able to draw axes and we definitely want them to identify the X and Y axis. And maybe in a softer sense, we want pupils to understand symmetry deeply uh, in general. On slide 3, you can see an example of a readiness quiz, which we could provide to pupils as a do now activity so that pupils are demonstrating the knowledge that they hold. We can identify any gaps that we must fill in before we move on, and they're also activating prior knowledge. But the most important part of setting a readiness quiz is responding to the readiness quiz. And so, if you're not comfortable with chucking the lesson plan in the bin to address identified issues, the best option is to identify them ahead of time. We could set the readiness quiz on classroom, perhaps two lessons ahead of teaching the idea, and make sure that we know what pupils can and can't do, and we plan the lesson accordingly, fill in the gaps before moving on to this objective. Now once we've assessed for prerequisites and responded to needs, we know that pupils are ready to learn the new idea, and we're ready to teach. In the teach phase, the idea is entirely knowledge pupils sitting just beyond their current level of understanding. The teacher shares key facts and uses metaphor and model to explain and describe so that pupils can make meaning and form connections with their current schema. The progression that I'd be looking to take on is shown on slide 4. Moving from reflecting in horizontal and vertical lines individually, followed by reflecting in both the horizontal and vertical line, before transitioning to completely in reflections on the coordinate plane. With an appreciation of prior knowledge, pupils can assimilate the idea into their schema, building strong links with what they knew before. To teach, I've learned a web autograph. 
with the shape on the coordinate plane. The shape that we're using to introduce the idea should be asymmetric, so we can avoid embedding misconceptions and illuminate the reflection which is taking place. So there are some images on slide 5, and each of the images linked to an holograph file. Well, two holograph files. One which is a reflection in the y-axis, and one which is a reflection in the x-axis. Now while we've got these open, we can look at varying the position of the object. Moving it parallel to the mirror line, moving it towards and away from the mirror line, and moving it across the mirror line to allow pupils to engage fully with the idea of reflection. Now once we've shown these dynamic demonstrations, we can then show pupils the steps for reflecting a shape in the axes. Now that might be that we count the squares between the vertices of the objects and the mirror line, and then we count them again to plot the vertices of the image. Or we could be drawing vectors from each of the vertex to the mirror line, and then duplicating these to identify the vertices of the image. At this stage, I think the biggest um, misconception that we've come across here is that the numbers on the axes, they appear to obscure a square. But this square isn't part of the axes, and we must use it as part of our, part of our counting strategy or as part of a vector for the reflection to be completed correctly. Now what we could do at this stage is we could begin to direct attention to the coordinates of the vertices on the object and then on the image and compare these two against each other and complete our reflections that way. But I'd be tempted to leave this for once pupils have developed fluency with reflecting shapes and this will come in in the practice phase. So as we transition out of the teach phase, we're going to look for pupils to do and that's the next part of the podcast. Now that we've talked about the teach phase, let's talk about do. In the do phase, pupils are simply replicating what they've been shown in the teach phase and are performing with this new idea. We should state that in the do phase, deep and meaningful learning probably hasn't yet occurred and that performance is a poor proxy for learning. The do phase complements the teach phase by allowing pupils to develop confidence and fluency in working with the new procedure. The teaching at this stage is responsive, with the teacher amending models or examples to make stronger connections in pupils' schema. The aim is for pupils to be successful in replicating the novel idea, which maintains pupil motivation before we start to explore the idea in greater depth. And so we want pupils to be completing the steps that they were shown in the teach phase. And I think a clever way of doing this is to take a printed pair of axes and place it inside a plastic wallet. This way, the plastic wallet can act as a dry whiteboard and pupils can work free of, free of worry from making errors. Because it's so easy just to wipe it off. They can draw the object from a standard textbook exercise on their pair of axes and then they can draw the reflection. Now, I wouldn't advise using example problem pairs here. Numeric lenses are easy to take in, but 25 or more drawings is likely to be too much. So the teacher would be circulating, observing pupils' work, and responding to their solutions. When we come across issues that pupils are having, we can respond, giving them a question of their own on their plastic wallet that illuminates the aspect that they're having difficulty with. Now, as pupils develop fluency with the procedure, we should be looking to develop more flexible knowledge of the idea, and I think that this issue has been highlighted by the data that we've got from Tua. Personally, I'd imagine that of the 56% of answers that are incorrect, many of these would be correct if the question was to draw a reflection in the given axis. 
But this is highlighted in flexible knowledge in these pupils. And we want pupils to think about an idea in many ways for them to develop more flexible knowledge. So once I'm confident that pupils have developed fluency, before we segue into the practice phase, I'd be looking to gain some whole class responses. The multiple choice question on slide 7 is taken from the tutor questions on this objective. And I guess that this would be used as a hinge question. Now for me, my preferred method is to have pupils hold up a closed fist once they've got an answer. And when everyone has an answer up, and I count down from 3, 2, 1, the pupils show me their choice on their fingers. One finger for the first option, and four fingers for the fourth. Now, the class answering correctly would suggest that pupils have been successful in developing fluency, and at this stage, we're going to transition into the practice phase of our learning episode. In the practice phase, pupils move beyond simply performing and begin to develop more flexible knowledge of the idea. Since we've moved through the teach and do phases, pupils are now fluent with the idea, so we're now directing their attention to underlying structures, relationships and principles, bringing about strong connections with prior knowledge. Looking for a well-structured and intelligently designed task that will aid pupils in forming links with their prior knowledge. Now I'm looking for pupils to continue to become more expert with the novel idea. And to do this, I'm going to change the way that they're thinking, almost as though they're coming at the idea from a different angle. There are four examples of a type of question I've been moving on to on slide 8, with a reflection in both axes to form an X, or I could use an L shape to form a H in total. I'm then looking for pupils to describe the transformation fully, so that pupils are using the terminology of reflection, and Y axis and X axis. I've got multiple choice questions with the full explanations as to why the uh, distractors are incorrect, which will deepen their knowledge, and then moving on to completing this problem in the abstract. That question four uh, is all about analysing what happens to the coordinates. So it might be that pupils would like to draw this on their axes, and that would be fine for the first question, but I'd be keen to withdraw this scaffold to develop more flexible knowledge of reflection as they move forward. I do think that this is an issue within classrooms, as pupils are routinely shown how to do something, and then they do it. And as long as they can perform, they're told that they're learning well. And unfortunately, performance is a poor proxy for learning. And all too often, these ideas don't stick in the way that they should. In Wider Students High School, Williams states that memory is the residue of thought, and that implies that if pupils aren't thinking, they're unlikely to remember the new learning. If we can have them thinking hard about the idea, segueing out of the doing and performing stage where they've developed fluency and flipping the idea on its head in the practice phase, they're more likely to remember the idea. And after pupils have formed strong connections between the novel idea and their existing schema in the practice phase, we're looking at them behaving mathematically and that'll be coming up next. We deepen understanding through behaving mathematically, and if our aim is to develop mathematicians, then this phase is the most important of all. When behaving mathematically, maturation matters. In this phase, tasks are chosen from well-embedded and mature ideas that connect to the novel idea. The good rule of thumb is that this kind of maturation takes two years, so we're looking for pupils to transition from specialising, to conjecturing and generalising, and through to analysing and reasoning 
with a related idea from roughly two stages previous. For our current objective, draw reflections of shapes plotted on a coordinate grid using the axes and mirror lines, I put together the tests on slide 9 and 10. Now, for the podcast, I like the idea of sharing a behaved task which is backward-facing and one which is forward-facing. That is, one which could be used during the current learning episode and one which we can use in a later learning episode, once these ideas have matured. So the first of these two tasks arcs back to reflection symmetry, which people's first encounter in stage two. Now, for the audio listener, without slide deck access, the first task focuses on the word ambulance which when printed on the front of an ambulance is printed backwards so that it can be read in rear view mirrors. The task offers six more words which may or may not have been reflected correctly. The task for pupils is to identify which have, and if they haven't, which letter hasn't been reflected correctly. Now moving on to a more forward-facing task, the task on slide 10 is the one that I would use in the future, with an eye on reflection. Now you may recognise this as an old coursework task which I've had difficulty finding and that might mean that it's not even a coursework task at all. But either way, it's a lovely task which can lead pupils from specialising to conjecturing and generalising and then through to reasoning. So it's called the billiard ball problem. And the idea is, is that on a billiard ball table there are four pockets, one in each corner. And the ball is played at 45 degree angle off the cushion and it continues to bounce off the other cushions until it goes into a pocket. Now the example which is given is a 3x5 table and I've animated arrows to show the path of the moving ball and then um, an animation to show which one it goes into. The example shown takes six bounces and the instruction is for pupils to investigate for other sizes of tables. Um, It's a real classic of the genre. Well, that's it for this episode of Teaching Together. Remember that you can check out the entire curriculum, that's over 1,800 objectives, for free at completemaths.com. We hope that you've taken a lot from this episode, and if you have any questions, comments or thoughts, don't hesitate to get in touch on Twitter. My handle is at TaylorDear01, and Complete Maths are on at Ed, or I'm also available on email at dave at completemaths.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your chosen podcast provider, And please feel free to pass the pod to both colleagues and friends so that we can all improve our teaching together. Until next time, take care.